This episode is sponsored by our friends at Fujifilm North America. Their X-Series digital cameras and lenses may just give you that creative edge you're looking for in your portraits and events. You'll find everything from 40 megapixel image quality to 40 frames per second bursts, plus unique in-camera film simulation modes and effortless usability. Click the link in the episode description to find the full range. There has never been a better time to invest in your passion, so make sure to click the link. Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast. I have to make this work for my life right now. It's not always going to be like this, but for right now, you know, it might be one or two big networking events a quarter for right now, but I have to behave like a farmer. Like, honestly, plant these seeds, wait, just like ride it out, and then there's going to be a harvest. Welcome to the Portrait System Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and this show is here to help you succeed in the world of photography and business, to help you learn to become financially free doing what you love and so much more. With over 1 million downloads, countless photographers have taken what they've learned from both our episodes and from theportraitsystem.com, and they have grown their businesses, quit their day jobs, and are designing a life of their dreams. We keep it real and share stories about the ups and downs that come with running a photography business. You'll hear real-life stories of how other photographers run their business, and you'll learn actionable steps that you can take to reach your own goals. Thank you so much for being here, and let's get started. Hey guys, now is your chance to check out all of the incredible photography education we have available for you at theportraitsystem.com. For only $7, you will get access to over 1,000 videos, including pricing, posing, marketing, lighting, sales, inspiring photo shoots, self-value, and more. Yes, you'll get your first month for only $7 when you become a pro member, and you'll get access to the full download library with posing guides and workbooks and so much more. Also, this includes a pricing calculator, a studio startup timeline, our weekly live broadcasts, including Sue Bryce's live talks, access to our private members-only Facebook groups, special discounts on photography products, and so much more. Head over to theportraitsystem.com and enter the code PODCAST7 to get your first month for only $7. That's theportraitsystem.com and enter the code PODCAST7. This week, my guest on the Portrait System podcast is Tanya Maycock. Tanya is a beautiful portrait photographer in Nassau, Bahamas, and she not only has a ton of local clients, but she also books tourists for photo shoots as well. Tanya shares with us how she's able to charge industry standard pricing for both the locals and visitors, even though she lives on a small island in a small town. Tanya also shares how she juggles both her photography business and her massage therapy business and how she's able to blend the two together. Another thing she talks about is how Tanya doesn't have a studio and she typically goes on location to photograph her clients. Okay, let's get started with the wonderful Tanya Maycock. Hi, Tanya. How are you? I'm very well, Nikki. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for being here yeah. with me today. Thank you. You're in the, one of the most magical parts of the world, in Nassau, Bahamas. 
Mm-hmm. Ah, it's so great. I love it there. It's not bad. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't suck. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? Uh, we have our moments. It's challenging. It's challenging to live someplace where people come on vacation. Right. I can imagine where everyone's just like, yeah, I, I can imagine the different challenges. Mm-hmm. My husband and I came there on vacation. Well, we came to Exuma. Yes. That and place is magical. It, yeah. We stayed in an Airbnb. It was the first time we went away without kids in, it was mm-hmm. like six years. Right. And we just did four nights. But there was something right. about the color of the water that yes. even though in other places in the Caribbean I've been and it's so beautiful, there's just something so incredibly beautiful about the water there. It, we are very proud of it. Um, it looks photoshopped. Mm-hmm. And it does. when I, t- I tell people when they want to come see me on my island, I'm like, no, go to the other islands because <laughs> the water and the beaches are much nicer the further you go in the rest of the country. Yeah. Speaking of pe- people who vacation there, do you ever have out-of-town clients or does it? do you tend to have just locals for your clients? Well, I actually have a good amount of out-of-town clients because they were once or they continue to be my massage clients. Ah, smart. So, okay. Right. So I've been a massage therapist for 28 years, but for about 15 of those years, I worked in this very exclusive neighborhood. And a lot of our clients would come back year after year for winters, and they were mostly from the East Coast, but from all over the world. So Mm -hmm. eventually, they started to ask me to photograph their family photos, which was ironic (laughs) because I didn't like to photograph people at that point. Oh, okay. Well, and that's what I was going to say. Okay, so you've been a massage therapist for a very long time, obviously. Yes. Mm-hmm. Are you telling people just throughout your your exchange with them, you know, during like the massage and all of that? Like, how are how do they even know that you're a photographer? We would photography would come up, and then it was people would say, "Oh, I think I saw so and so's picture and so and so's picture." At the time that I worked in this neighborhood. It still is a big deal, but at that point, people would come down and they'd want to have their Christmas card picture taken on the beach so they could basically make their families in the cold northern tundra jealous. Yeah. So they would ask me, and it was a very beautiful, it is a very beautiful place. They would ask me, oh, can you just, you know, shoot this photo really quickly? So it would just come up (laughs) during that point. And then um, as I've been doing less and less massage, I would still get people saying or emailing me and saying, hey, you did so-and-so's picture. Can you do our family picture this year? All that right. kind of so that's that word of mouth in that community yeah. is very important. So they would go home and be, you know, and of course you had taken the photo of them to show they're on vacation, whatever. They would go right. home and tell their friends and then Right. If you're coming down, yes, if if you're coming down to Nassau, specifically to this neighborhood, here's my massage therapist number, but she also did this photo. So it was just friends telling other friends, oh, yeah, this is who did it. Yeah. That word of mouth referral, you know, even for out-of-towners, is so strong. It is. So great. That's And I'm always harping on, like, service, service, service. Make sure your clients are happy. And this is just yet another example of that. 
Hmm. Yes. Interesting. Okay. Let's do a little breakdown for me because I know you do massage therapy and I know you only do photography part-time because you also take care of your mother. So can you kind of break down, you know, the different parts of both of your businesses and how often you're doing each one? I do very few massage clients right now. It might be a couple of hours here and there. It's just a handful. So COVID obviously impacted, as it impacted the world, it impacted massage therapy and photography a lot because people weren't coming. And in fact, our borders were closed. Uh, So everything ground to a halt. And at the same time, my mother's care was becoming more more time and time intense. Mm -hmm. So it was okay for me. My transition from massage into photography was a long time coming. And just gradually when, you know, borders reopened and I was just like, I don't, I don't want to just work on people who who are walking through the door and every client who walk through my door over the last 20 years is like, I'm fine. I'm not sick. I'm not, I'm Mm -hmm. like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I believe you, sure. But are you? So, you know, uh, yeah. Right, exactly. So They're on it, vacation or, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah. And even my local clients, and, and I get it. So I was pulling back from the massage. Our borders reopened. And then a few, uh, about, I would say, uh, about eight months later, I had the opportunity to open a studio. Even though... I was still very busy as a caregiver. I thought, you know what? I need to stop dating photography and I need to be in a committed relationship with photography. (laughs) Um, Photography has been a part of my life for decades on and off. So I opened a studio even during a very challenging time. I don't have that studio right now, but I'm glad that I did it. Mm. Do you have a different studio now? Are you shooting indoors in studio? I am not shooting indoors in studio. I'm I'm on location. Okay. Even as my my schedule keeps having to adjust. So it's it's working for me right now to not be in the studio and mm-hmm. not have, you know, the burden of that overhead. Mm-hmm. Again, I live in a very expensive place. So mm-hmm. rent is thousands of dollars a month like a lot of yeah. people for yeah, it it was it just works better for me right now. Yeah. Okay, there's so much to talk about here. Yes. I want to talk about how it works for you on location, but before we do that, yes. Tell me a little bit about, I mean, being a caregiver for a parent yes. Yes. is um of course, it's, you know, it's what we do for our parents. Right. But right. I can imagine it can be incredibly difficult both physically and mentally and like did did photography have anything to do with you making sure you were still doing things for yourself? Absolutely. And taking care of, yeah. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. 100%. Photography allowed me, again, like you said, to have something for myself, but mm-hmm. I really needed to have some that creative outlet to tether me to something other than caregiving, which is beautiful and complicated and challenging and all consuming. Mm -hmm. So I had to, I had to go towards photography Mm -hmm. in a way, just so that would be that one point in the day where I, where I could just get lost in it and, 
and focus on something really joyful for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that I had it and I still have it. I may not do it as much as I want to do it, but it's just this creative anchor that I'm not sure creatives, artists, musicians talk about enough how much of an anchor their art really is. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely does something to us mentally that we need. Like, obviously, we wouldn't go into it's not like we go into this thinking like we're gonna make the big bucks being creator right. i mean i think people are starting to learn more and more like with podcasts like this and the portrait right. system education whatever that yes you can make an incredible income but i don't think that's the initial thought of why right. people do this right yeah right from an income point of view i'm in a very interesting position where I may not have, you know, 30 clients a month. Well, pick a number again, because my, my other life as a caregiver just doesn't allow me to be a full-time photographer. Mm -hmm. So if I cannot be a full-time photographer, I'm still okay, but it's very important for me to have clients to, or even to have personal projects. We've talked about every photographer has talked about that in different avenues you have to have some kind of project you have to have something on your mental radar to say okay you know what I've got to go create an album for samples I have to what kind of products can I create and in my case because I'm not in a studio I need to have products that that are mobile that I can throw in a bag and take Mm. with me how do I how do I design those products what do I want those to look like who do I want to photograph? Who do I want to network and market with? I I don't have the time or the bandwidth to go to a lot of networking events. So I have to be very strategic about networking. Yeah. So what do I take with me for that? Right. That that's I feel like is a is a big part of on location. I mean, not only the equipment part of it right. and where right. am I going to end up photographing? Right. Like right. what's the light going to be like? What are the you know, what's the, what are the elements going to be like? Are they going to be, yeah. But there's also, if you're, especially if you're someone who is heavy into print products and you make a lot of money that way, there's bringing that along too. So it's quite a bit. Right. Right. Will you tell us, like, take us through your process of on location? You know, what are you taking with you? Are you doing like a site visit in advance? Are you just going site unseen? How does all that work? I, We'll go on a site visit as much as possible. Sometimes that's just not possible. Mm. But nine times out of 10, I will go and look at their location. Nine times out of 10, I have clients who will say, yeah, it's great. I've got all this space. Same thing with massage therapy. Everybody's convinced that they have all of this space for me to come and set up equipment. And I get there. I'm like, "Uh, wow, I've got to make this thing work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know? So... I'm very fortunate that I can be outside just about, you know, 12 months out of the year Mm -hmm. if I want to be, although four of those months, the weather is absolutely hot and brutal and sweaty. Right. (laughs) Yeah. There's that. We're not, Mm -hmm. right. We're not trying to do that. Right. And windy. windy. Yeah. If people have hair, that can get tricky. (laughs) Wind and humidity are, are, are constant foe. Yeah. So 
even for the people like, I want to go out on the beach and I want to do this. I'm like, yeah, it's, but it's windy and it's sweaty and your hair is not going to survive the minute you open that door. So I try to look for, you know, the usual things, a lot of open shade. I will try to look for even a room with high enough ceilings. If the ceilings aren't high enough, I'll try to work with it. I just, I just need a space. So I will take with me, I'll take with me one or two lights, a couple of umbrellas. I try to keep my kit simple. Yeah. But I'll also take with me a canvas backdrop because it's almost unexpected to use canvas backdrops mm. here because we have so much beauty. There's so much foliage. There's all this landscape. So when I bring a backdrop with me, people are looking at me like, oh, it's almost a surprise that when I tell them I'm going to bring my studio with me. Yeah. Well, when I was looking at your Instagram, that's why I was assuming you still had a studio. Right. Because it looks like you're shooting in a studio. I mean, some. I mean, obviously there some are some that are clearly on location or they're outdoors, but a lot of right. it, it looks like you're shooting in a studio. So interesting. Yes. I, I'll, I'll bring that backdrop. I'll bring two lights. I've taken the very valuable lighting course that lots of portrait masters people have taken and should take if you haven't taken it. Um, but I'll bring it with me. I'll still try to keep my kit simple. Uh, but I want them to have that studio experience as well. They should have the option. Yeah, definitely. That's cool. And I love the idea of having that option, you know, for, for on location photographers and even people who do have a studio, when you are giving such a variety like that of both mm-hmm. outdoor and in-studio, different backdrops, you're going to sell more photos because people cannot narrow it down. Like they sure. like the variety. If you're showing the same series of photos on the same backdrops, it mm-hmm. all starts to look the same. They're like, well, why do I need right. 20 of these when I could just narrow it down to my five favorites? Because right. it's right. You know, not enough variety. Right. And I confess to a wee tiny backdrop addiction <laughs> uh, it's ridiculous I don't have a studio right now but I've I've bought probably three backdrops since I got rid of my studio just because I'm like oh but look at it it's so yummy mm-hmm. <laughs> oh that's awesome very cool okay so you're packing all this into your car yes do you have an assistant with you or are you doing this by yourself I have an assistant with me if I'm doing an event I'll get a couple of assistants with me I am, I'm definitely good at packing. This job is going to help you with your packing skills. So I will look in my garage where a lot of my stuff is right now and really get brutal about it. Like, what do I absolutely need? What, what can fit in there? Uh, the last time I went on location, I did have about a foot of a backdrop hanging out of a car window. I confess. (laughs) It happens. (laughs) Right. But I'll buy things that I think will just help me. I got a great cart. I'm like, it. I need a cart. Sturdy. I've got a roller cart. It's the probably the best purchase that I got all year. Mm-hmm. You just need to have it. Yes. Tanya, I just did this, um, a shoot for, it was seven people. It was a team of seven people. Yeah. And it was in an office and yes. they're financial advisors and they wanted, um, you know, some candid of them sort of working and headshots and things. And I need, I need, I think I need one of these cards. I don't go 
and do, you know, bring a ton of equipment too often. Right. Probably right. like eight or nine, maybe 10 times a year. Mm-hmm. But I'm always like, so I'm messaging like, do you have a cart? And if not, can you call the maintenance of the building and see if they can bring down a cart? And they right. were like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the cart that they brought me was like, it was like two feet wide by like right. three feet. And I'm like, oh, God, this is, I had to do so many trips. And then my backdrop, because I travel with my V-flats, I can yeah. get them just in my minivan. Yes. And they wouldn't fit in the elevator. <laughs> no. So here I am climbing the stairs right. with my, but you know, you make it work, right? It's like. You do. Yeah. You do. So interesting. Like, uh, and, and I'm in my head, I'm thinking, but even if I had the eight foot seamless backdrop, it still wouldn't have fit in the elevator. True. And maybe I could have gotten it in, but because mine are, my V flats are eight by four feet and I just have the one right. inch because the one inch I can get in my van, like they'll curve, they'll bend just enough so that I can close <laughs> right. the back. Whereas right. the two inch ones are too thick. And it's right. funny because when I, I normally used to get the two inch ones and they were out of them at the store and I needed to, I needed them right then and there because I needed to paint some new colors. So I got the one inch and now I'm like, oh, I kind of like these one inches because they have that bend. I can get them in the, yeah. Anyways. It's the things that we think about that yeah. other people, they have no idea. Yeah. They just think, oh, your camera takes such good pictures. Thank you. Yeah, totally. Okay. So you bring your lights. What type of lights do you use? I was using up until last week, um, Godox flashpoint lights, but I've just switched over to Ellen Chrome. I, I mean, they're Ooh, nice. They just, they just got delivered today. So Sweet. I'm going to go and open them. They were just released last week. I'm going to open them and start playing. Um, they're called the Ellen Crump three. And I think that they're going to be fantastic for location photographers. They're small and powerful and consistent and just beautiful lights. Yeah, that's awesome. Is it a constant light or is it a strobe? It's a strobe. Mm -hmm. And I did go back and forth with constant lights in my mind. I, Constant lights have come so far. The Stella Light in Motion, they're, they're fantastic lights. But our natural light here is so challenging. And I'm not trying to overpower the sun, but when I was thinking about our light here, not only do we have all of this sunlight, but all of the sunlight is bouncing off of the ocean and it's bouncing off of sand. Even if you're nowhere near the coast, mm-hmm. it's just bright. Yeah. And yeah. tricky. So I, I just thought, yeah, I'm just going to stick with strobe because for those days when I have clients who are like, could you come out and photograph the family on the dock? <laughs> Even at, you know, five o'clock in the afternoon, it's still blazing sun. Mm-hmm. And I know we have clients who are like, yeah, I can wait till golden hour. No, they can't. My clients, yeah, yeah no, they want to be photographed when they want to be photographed. Yeah. A lot of them. Yeah. Well, in golden hour is such a tricky thing because like even that, I always say that like one to two hours before golden hour yes. is the hardest, I think. Yes. I don't mind when the, when it's full sun and it's noon or one or two, like I, I can make it work and I can always make it work. But right. man, at that time, it's like the sun is low enough that it is coming straight into your lens. Right. But it's not that glowy, pretty golden no. hour. No. So it's, yeah, it gets tricky for sure. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. I want to back up a little bit. As you, you were talking about your massage clients and how they turn into photography clients. And there was something that you had mentioned to Sue when you and Sue were chatting about 
just, you know, how there's a vulnerability when you're massaging yes. people and yes. how that vulnerability you also see when photographing people. Because we talk about that a lot, how people don't, you know, it's a scary thing. You're in mm-hmm. front of someone's camera. You're like bearing your soul, you know, mm-hmm. even though they might not know. I don't know. They might not know why they feel uncomfortable or they just. Mm-hmm. But there's that piece to it. Like, how do you utilize your strengths as a massage therapist in order to help with photography? Massage therapy absolutely made me a better photographer and vice versa. They're both problem solving. But yeah. when I walk into a room or you walk into my space to come and get a massage and you've never met me before, I ask you a few questions, you know, how can I help you today? And I listen and I'm yeah. observing you. My clients are going to come to me because they're in some kind of pain. My my work is very goal-oriented. I'm here to help you be less uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And that absolutely translates into the studio. You're in front of my camera. First of all, I'm going to put my camera down when you walk in and we start to have a chat. I have yeah. to ask you, you know, what are your aims? What are your goals? What what would you like out of the session? And then I observe, I pay attention, I listen. And I look at their body language and my demeanor, my energy, for lack of a better word, absolutely has to calm them down. Same mm-hmm. thing in, in, a, in a therapy situation. I have to be the calm one because, yeah. again, they're coming in with a certain level of anxiety or discomfort and somebody's like, oh, I hate to be photographed and all that. And I'll commiserate and I'm, and I'm like, you know what? This is not the worst thing that's going to happen to you today. So I'll... <laughs> I'll joke about it, but mostly I'm going to be calm about it. I'm my temperature energetically has got to set the tone for the room. So it's like, no, it's going to be okay. I got you. I don't have to say all of these words. I just have to have that intention. Sue talks about setting your intention all the time. You have to set your intention when someone comes into your space or if you go into someone else's space, Mm -hmm. because your intention is going to change can powerfully affect that room. Yeah, a hundred percent. There is something so powerful about the connection that you make and exactly what you said about the energy. Yes. It's crucial. Mm -hmm. And I know we talk about this a lot on this podcast, but because it's so important, like that energy can sometimes make or break how you're making someone feel. Yes. You know, especially if you're making it all about you. You know, there are certain times I've I've witnessed people, maybe not even so much photography, well, sometimes, but where the person is just talking about themselves the whole time or about right. their bad morning right. or, you know, how traffic was for them. And it's, you know, the client's just kind of sitting there. Oh, really? You know, it's it can just truly make it or break it. And it goes back to that whole quote about people remember how you made them feel. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm glad that I have been in the service industry for as Mm -hmm. long as I have. I mean, when we talk about service, it is a practical thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And service starts before you open the door. It's Mm -hmm. like, I've got to put whatever is going on with me, I have to leave it outside and just walk in and see that person and listen to that person. Because they're Mm -hmm. telling me things without telling me things. Mm -hmm. I like that. 
there's a lot of commu- nonverbal communication going on that you just have to be a lot more sensitive to. So that's where that connection comes in. Mm-hmm. I've attracted a lot of clients who are in their 70s and their 80s. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that's which is fantastic that I've been photographing these incredible women. And at the end of the session, they've said to me, I had so much fun. I, you saw me because there's a demographic of people, women especially, they are not seen after a certain age and they, they can tell. People mm-hmm. start to overlook them when they're in public. But all mm-hmm. of a sudden they come to my space and I'm paying a lot of attention to them. I'm not talking to them necessarily the whole time, but yeah. I'm, they can tell that I'm paying attention to them. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that has a lot to do with the word of mouth as well. Not just the right. photos, but how you treated them and how you made them feel. Yeah. Right. Now, I know you do this part-time. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about how, how you do that. How, like, how often are you shooting? How many, maybe let's, how many shoots per month? Let's start with that. It depends on the month. Mm-hmm. We are pre-season right now. And pre- our season, even for locals, for people who live here or, or don't live here, the season starts from November to May. And then things slow down. And okay. you can tell mm-hmm. uh, whether it's local clients or if it's international clients. So the months can be, you know, four or five clients a month, or it can be one or two clients a month. Mm, okay. I pay a lot of attention to the school calendar because I know when people are like, okay, this is the this is school break, so who's mm-hmm. flying out of town? This is when school is going to start. So, w- and when are school f- school fees due? Mm-hmm. Because I have a lot of people like I'd love to do this, but you know I have to pay eleven thousand dollars for school fees. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> for yeah. my two kids, I have a good friend of mine. She has two children in high school, and their school fees are like twenty something thousand dollars. Oh my god! A semester, right? Wow, a semester. Right. Wow. Yeah, for two kids. So. That's not everybody, but I have to be very mindful of, all right, I know in the summer, this is when people are shopping. This is Mm -hmm. when people are traveling. This is when people are broke. I know January, there are going to be people who are here on vacation, but I also know that's Mm post-Christmas. So I have to pick, I have to pick when I'm marketing and I have to just, you know, that is the reality. I can't Mm -hmm. stress about a lot of things when that is just the reality. It's really smart to think about it that way because I know, like you said, you live in a very, very expensive island. Yes. yes. Like, yeah. Like you were saying, gas is like $6 a gallon or something, and a gallon of yes. milk is like upwards yeah, seven of $7 to $8. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. It's wild. Mm-hmm. But it's not like you can't charge industry. I'm not talking about $5,000, not, nothing like that. No. But you do charge industry standard. I do. But, you know, a lot of times people will say, well, I just can't charge that here, you know? And, some right. people believe that and that's okay. And, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just, it's really smart to think about one of the high times that people are spending money. Right. You know, and, and put more marketing efforts during that time. I love it. Right. And be strategic about networking. And because I, I don't go to a lot of events, I have to pick where my client's going to be. So right now there is an expanding art buying market. So there's more gallery openings and more 
art shows and yeah. there's more sort of wine tastings and things like that. And I'm like, those people have disposable income. So let me take myself to a gallery opening. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to see a lot of the same people over and over again. This is, that's how you, you are strategic or attach. I attached myself to a very well-known charity organized charitable organization here. And they just had this big event and that I put, and I did portraits at that big event. Yeah. Because I knew I'm like, okay, who's going to be there. They've, these people have already sp- spent $300 for a ticket for this event. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Somebody there is going to be interested in what I'm doing yeah. and at the price point that I'm doing it. So if you go to something like this, do you yes. are you able to get like a table set up or are you just mingling and it just every so often you just kind of slip it in there that you're a photographer? No, I got got a table. I got a team together. I I brought backdrops. I bought V-flats with me. I brought a printer with me, a little printer with me, and we did this studio sort of vanity fair. That's how we marketed it. We said, why don't you have your celebrity Oscar moment? People were there. They were already dressed up. They were, they already had full makeup on. They were ready there, ready to party. They were, you know, they were ready to celebrate. So I took advantage of that and literally just had a sign up so people could come and we photographed, I don't know, 55 people in three hours, something like that. And we got their email addresses, but it wasn't so much to get their email contact. I wanted to have access to the corporate email contact of the Mm. organization. So that's Mm -hmm. why I partnered with the organization. I didn't charge the organization money to photograph people that night, but I needed to be strategic about the impact and just connection and people seeing what I could do. And I got good feedback from the organization. It was sort of the beta test moving forward. Like, how do I do this in this atmosphere where there's a DJ and it's loud? And I literally had to yell at clients so they could hear me, but still managed to create beautiful images and connection, which was good. It was exhausting. It was good. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, okay, this is how I'm going to to make an impact. This is how I'm going to reach some people who would never see me. I don't like to work a room. I'm not mm-hmm. the person to tra- like wander around and schmooze in a room. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm just fun. not that not girl. Fun. Yeah. No, but I could do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. And I like how you said, you know, you don't have to do a million networking events. It's just being strategic about which ones. Right. And, you know, I've said this before about networking, how it's like, I visited a lot of groups before I decided which ones I was going to actually spend my time on. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it, I feel like it does take putting in the time to figure out what is going to be your jam with it. Right. But once you do, it becomes a lot easier. Once you know and it, you start to see some results with the relationship building and everything, it it gets a lot easier. Did, well, did you find that too? It gets easier. And I have the benefit of being in a small town. So. Uh. 
This island is 7 by 21, so I have all of the challenges that the small-town photographers have. But what the small-town photographers have that's a benefit as opposed to being in a large urban city is it is small. It is intimate. People Mm -hmm. run into each other all the time. So you have to take advantage of, oh, I've seen you. Aren't you so-and-so? Oh, do you know so-and-so? That's... That happens all the time. So that lack of privacy that someone might complain about works yeah. as a small business owner because all of a sudden, I'm, I'm not a stranger. Even if I am a stranger, I can say, oh, hi, my name is, and I was at this event. And social media works well here because people, you can post on Instagram or on Facebook if you're at an event and I'll run into people at the supermarket who will come up to me and say, did I see you at, at this thing? How was it? And I'm like, who are you? Oh, okay. You saw, you saw a post that I was in. It might not have been my post, but they saw me someplace. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. You just said two things that I don't hear hear very often. Benefit of a small town. Because sometimes people are like, it's too small. (laughs) Yes. And then social media works really well. Like, yes. you know, it's like, it's, you don't hear that very often that people say right. like, oh my God. But yeah, that's great. And especially if, if all the businesses are kind of following each other too and supporting each mm-hmm. other. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like that makes a big difference. And if you personally are following and commenting on, you know, local businesses or whatever, they're more right. likely to do the same for you. So yeah, that's great. Right. I love that. Yes. I try to follow event organizers. I'm not going to be photographing weddings, but I want to get in on the other events that they're doing. I'll try to follow, for us, I'll try to follow companies like the Yacht Brokers. Mm, That is very (laughs) brilliant. (laughs) I just have to be strategic. I'll follow some of these charitable organizations. Um, or music societies, you know, those sorts of things where I know these people are are going to be seen and they're going and, you know, everybody doesn't have to love my work and I don't have to love everybody's company, but I'm going to pick and choose. Yep. Oh, that's so smart. Let's talk a little bit about pricing. Yes. Um, I know uh, you had mentioned to me that it's a work in progress. Yes. Which, you know, that is totally normal. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we hear from photographers who are like, yep, solid three to thousand, three to five thousand dollars sales average mm-hmm. and you know, whatever. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's not always the case and it doesn't have to be. Like I don't want people to think that they're not successful if they're not charging three thousand dollars. I don't even charge three thousand dollars and I have a kick-ass, right. amazing, successful business, you know. So right. I know you said that, which is why I you, you told me that beforehand that you'd still a work mm-hmm. in progress. So tell us where you're mm-hmm. at right now as far as your progress. This is a great question because I just uh, restructured some of my pricing in the last week. Okay. So my lowest package actually does start at 2100 for folios and boxes. Oh, and so prints. you're up there. Yeah. I am. However, yeah. I'll start at, if you want some, you know, just a couple of headshots that you don't need 10 or you don't need 20, I absolutely will start at, you know, $750. You need like two headshots, three, whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to start there, but I will keep my prices 
the same across the board. So if you need branding shots, if you need 12 branding shots, yes, it is 2100 and your, and your, and your portrait and your folios are going to be 2100, but then I'm going to educate, educate, educate because people are going to, they, they're going to pause. They, they absolutely pause at this pricing. But when I start to explain, you know what, your images, these images are going to make you money. Uh Uh-huh. Amen to that. I say that all the time to my clients. Right. And especially clients like realtors, they understand that. Mm -hmm. This is why I'm in a town where there are lots of shoot and burn photographers. And that's okay. Cool. But if you're attracted to my imagery, this is what it's going to cost. Here's the education behind it. Even if they say no, I know that that is a call for more information. Or at some point, they're going to circle back around to me mm-hmm. if they really want these, these products. But I try to offer as a variety of accessible imagery. You may not need 20 images, and that's okay. But it's got to cover my cost. It's got to cover the makeup artist. It's got to... It's, it's got to cover time. Time is not equal to money. Time is time. It's a lot more mm-hmm. valuable than money. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'll adjust the time with you. I may not be hanging out with you for four hours for your portrait session, but we're going to get a lot done in half an hour. Yeah. So if someone says, okay, I see your smallest package is 2100 but I really just need two headshots. Yes. So from there, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, then it's going to be 750 Right. For and, yeah. 20 minutes. Okay. <laughs> right. Yep. Half yep. an hour. We're going to make, you know, you're, you can change really quickly. We're going to do something for you in this half an hour. Mm-hmm. So how do I ascribe value? There's the monetary value and there's the time value. My time is, is limited. Yeah. So, but I want them to have photos and it might not have been the $4,100 package, but it is an experience that they had with me and it's word of mouth. So I don't yep. mind. I don't mind having a lower sale because I also understand that I live someplace where someone's going to come around and say, my cousin had this and this, and can we do this package? Can we, I'm ready to do this because they've already seen my work Yeah, and they've met someone that I photographed. Mm. Do you ever, like, does someone ever say, oh, I just want the two, and then, right. you like, they maybe upgrade absolutely. to more later? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say, oh, no, I'm, I'm never going to do just three images, or I'm never going to do, no, I'm, I'm going to give you a good service. Yeah. And if you, you know, if you can only walk out of here with two images, I gave you the same service that I was going to give you or the same energy with the service th- that I was going to give you if you wanted to spend $4,000. Right. So maybe not the time, but within right. that um, shorter time span and maybe yes. taking less photos, you're still giving that same quality. Like you're not half-assing exactly. your service in any way, shape, or form. No. Just like the time that you're spending and the amount of work you're doing is shortened. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's shortened. And I'm also very mindful in that consultation. I say no more n- now because, you know, I don't have that desperation. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to make that money. I might, but I don't have bandwidth 
to say, I'm so desperate for this. Mm-hmm. Let me go and do these. This. I'll say no if I don't get a good vibe from you. Bahamians say, oh, my spirit didn't settle with you. And what that means is that there was something about you. Uh, my instincts were, were, you know, they were going off. My antenna mm-hmm. was going off. Every client that I said yes to that I'm like, I should, I, no, I shouldn't do this. They all turned out to be nightmare clients. Mm, that intuition, man. Right. And those mm-hmm. were clients that I know could have afforded, you know, a bigger package. And those were the clients that were like, oh, but can we do this? And can we do this? And can I get the raw images? And can we do this? And, uh, and it's just like, no, this was not worth it. Mm-hmm. So I don't have a problem turning away clients who I just feel this is going to be a nightmare. And I don't have a problem turning away bigger clients because, mm, or, but I won't have a problem. Like I'll accept a smaller client if I think that this is an investment in the future. Yeah. I really love that quote that you said, Tanya. It's a good one that you said Bahamians use. Yeah. My spirit yeah. doesn't take to you. Yeah. It's very it's, good. Right. And yeah, just listen to it. <laughs> Kara Marie talked about this during an, an, inter- an interview that I did with her, mm-hmm. I think like two or three years ago, mm-hmm. where she had said once, like she kept bumping up her prices and bumping it up. And once she got to a certain price point, it was like she, it didn't feel right. Almost like she kind right. of felt like they were treating her like she was the help and wasn't right. respect. They, they weren't like respecting her the way that she wanted. And then also the nickel and diming and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she was like, no, I'm going to go back to my comfort level. Like I think she's between mm-hmm. three and 5,000 or something mm-hmm. for her packages or whatever. Right. But yeah, it's, it's all about how not only you make them feel, but how they make you feel too. Like that's just as important. And that goes back to just taking care of yourself. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I don't have the bandwidth, uh, extra bandwidth to deal with the nickel and diming, just that sort uh-huh. of chronic negativity. And I know that you have to deal with it sometime. I'm not saying that all of my clients that I, that I, while I'm interviewing them, they're interviewing me, but I'm interviewing them. Yeah. That it ha- all has to be sunshines and, and sunshine and roses. But I'm like, you know, I don't have the energy <laughs> to, to, to sort of babysit your bad behavior. Mm-hmm. Totally. I feel like that came with age with me. Mm. <laughs> sure. And also having consistent clients where I didn't feel like I had to say yes to everything. Right. I think it was a combination of those two things. Right. Yeah. I feel like the older I get, the less Fs I'm, you mm-hmm. know, giving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> uh, I'm 46 now. Yes. We'll see how I am when I'm 56. God, I hope I'm not like a raging <laughs> bitch. No. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Awesome. Well, this has been really great. I appreciate you sharing all of this. It's it's really interesting. Just, I mean, you know, you, you're part-time. You get referrals from another business as well as word of mouth. You do limited mm-hmm. networking, but it works really mm-hmm. well. You've yes. got a kick-ass sales average. You're in a tiny, really expensive island, mm-hmm. small town. Right. That's a lot of different parts that you're navigating yeah. your business. And it's just like, you're making it work. It's awesome. Thank you very much. You have to, I'm, I try to give myself a lot of grace and just mm-hmm. say, I'm in a season right now, you know, financially, physically, spiritually, emotionally, and like where I have to take my own temperature mm-hmm. and check in with myself. 
and just say, what do I have to give in this area? Do I have some space to give more in this area? Uh, what's my schedule like in this area? Can I set this up here? So that's where the strategic part came in. Just, I have to make this work for my life right now. It's not always going to be like this, but for right now, you know, it might be one or two big networking events a quarter for right now, but I have, I have to behave like a farmer, like plant, plant these seeds, honestly, Mm -hmm. plant these Mm -hmm. seeds, Wait, just like ride it out, and then there's going to be a harvest. Yes. Oh, I love this analogy now that I'm like starting my own, well, have my own little pseudo farm over here. I love that analogy. Right. That's awesome. Right. Because it's true, and, and what you pay, pay attention to and what you water grows. And I like how you said, too, right. you have to take your own temperature. Right. Because that's important as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you. Thank you. I do have a couple other questions, though, that I always ask at the end of each episode. Sure. And the first one is, what is something you can't live without when you're doing a photo shoot? Aside from the obvious, I'm actually going to say a reflector. Oh, yes. My girl. That's what I say, too. Why? Why do you, why do you, like, what do you use it for? Just for people listening who might not know. And I'm going to say, and I'm going to say that your V-flat is a reflector. Mm-hmm. The handheld things are a reflector. A white T-shirt is a reflector. Mm-hmm. Because if, if you only can use one light, you've got, if you have no light or one light, your reflector adds is the second light. Yeah. So if you need to keep your kit small, a reflector is a must. If you need to block some light, you have that handheld reflector. It's so versatile. Mm-hmm. You, you just, and it, it's so small. It's so light. It's sort of, it's like, why would you leave that at home? Agreed. Awesome. All right. Number two is how do you spend your time when you're not working? I scroll too much sometimes. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, yeah. uh, Right. Well, that feels, yeah. I am happy to spend time with friends. I'm, listen, I'm 54. Like, I just want to chill. It needs to be just, we're going to chill. We're going to have good meals together. I'm very appreciative of time spent. Mm-hmm. So just keep it quiet, chill, mellow. You know, let's have a good meal together. Let's have a nice glass of wine. We're chilling. Yeah. Love it. Sounds amazing. All right. Number three is what is a specific photography product that you would recommend? I know you said the reflector, but in addition. Uh, We talked about this off air. I just got a rock and roller cart. And this is a cart that DJs use. It's a cart that photographers and videographers use. It can fold up very small. It can get into the back of the car. There's a lot of them. I, I got a rock and roller 12. So it it folds down to like 30 inches or something like that, but then it expands out to about 48 inches, so four feet, and then it it can hold 500 pounds. Awesome. And And it's got good wheels. Nice. That can go over all kinds of surfaces. So because I'm definitely a location photographer now and I've got to tote a lot of gear, this cart is just paying for itself. Yeah. Sounds like a lifesaver. It is, Mm -hmm. 100%. Cool. 
All right. And number four is, uh, what would you tell people who are just starting out, Tanya? Work on the soft skills. And I'm sort of not a fan of, of that phrase because it's gotten so overused, but listen more than you ask questions. Ask your Mm -hmm. questions and then be quiet and listen to them and listen with your eyes. Don't just listen with your ears. Look around the room, look at everybody and, and pay attention. Pay attention to those people who you think like they're, they're not into it. They're not really, you know, they're not excited to be here. Go talk to them and just, you know, if you've got to, you know, learn to have a sense of humor, Get some bad dad jokes. You have to be able to thaw the ice. You've just got to make sure that people feel comfortable with you. If you've got your own anxieties, like work on those things so you don't bring that into the room. I'm not, I'm not uh, trying to be facetious about that. Honestly, work on your own energy before you bring that into the session. Great advice. Incredible advice, actually. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you again. Where can people find you online? They can find me at Tanya Simone Photography, which is the longest website in the whole wide world. Um, It's beautiful, though. Tanya Simone. I love that. Yes. Simone is my middle name. So that's where you can find me on Instagram. That's where you can find me on the web. Um, Yeah, look me up. Great. Fantastic. Thank you again. Hope to see you soon. Yes, I hope so, too. Yeah. Take care. Take care. This was good. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-day startup challenge plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs, I mean truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com. It's time for me to tell you about this episode's sponsor, Fujifilm North America. If you haven't experienced portraits and wedding scenes created on the large format GFX system digital camera sensor, you are missing out. Along with up to 102 megapixel resolution, you'll find rich colors and gorgeous in-camera looks. There's also AI-driven subject detection and 8 frames per second bursts inside the compact GFX100 digital camera. Hit the link in this episode's description to view the products. It's time to dream big in your creative process.